Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Age of Radio. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, ladies and gentlemen, time once again for Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man. Joining me as, my, as always is my brother Cooper. Cooper, how we doing, brother? Doing good, man. You ready to do this? Getting some shake and bake, brother? Yes, sir. We got some we shake and bake. Some hockey sticks. Hockey sticks or rubber pucking. Rubber bugging. <laughs> and we talk a little pigskin today, too. Ooh, I miss the pigskin. Yes, sir. All right, so we're going to talk about NASCAR first. And we had two cup races this last weekend, both races in Pocono. Are you ready? Let's do it. First race was Saturday, and the <clears throat> uh, top ten was finished like so. Alex Bowman took the checkered flag first. At, in the number 48 Chevrolet. Kyle Busch was number 2 in the number 18 Toyota. William Byron was number 3 in the 24 Chevy. Number 4 was Denny Hamlin in the number 11 Toyota. Number 5 was Ryan Blaney in the 12 Ford. Kurt Busch was 6 in the number 1 Chevy. Joey Logano was 7th in the 22 Ford. 8th was Kevin Harvick in the number 4 Ford. Ninth was Kyle Larson in the number 5 Chevy. And number 10, Brad Kozlowski, was in the number 2 Ford. The second race was as follows. Kyle Busch took the checkered flag in the number 18 to- uh, Toyota. <clears throat> Excuse me. In number 2 was Kyle Larson in the number 5 Chevy. Finishing third, Brad Kozlowski in the number 2 Ford. Finishing fourth, Kevin Harvick in the number 4 Ford. Kind of interesting to see the number 4 Ford finishing fourth in a race. <laughs> Say that five times fast. Uh, no, thank you. You can go <laughs> ahead and try if you'd like. Yeah, no, thank you. Finishing fifth was Bubba Wallace in the 23 Toyota. Ryan Blaney finished sixth in the number 12 Ford. Alex Bowman finished seventh in the 48 Chevy. Ryan Priest finished thirty. Uh, sorry, finished eighth in the number 37 Chevy. Tyler Reddick finished ninth in the number 8 Chevy. And Joey Logano finished tenth in the 22 Ford. 
The cup standings as they currently sit. Number one is Kyle Larson, number five Chevy. Martin Truex Jr. is number two in the number 19 Toyota. Kyle Busch is third, third now in the number 18 Toyota. Alex Bowman is fourth in the number 48 Chevy. Joey Logano is fifth in the 22 Ford. William Byron is sixth in the 24 Chevy. Seventh is Chase Elliott in the number 9 Chevy. Eighth is Ryan Blaney in the number 12 Ford. Brad Kazowski is ninth in the number 2 Ford. Tenth is Michael McDowell in the 34 Ford. Christopher Bell in the number 20 Toyota is 11th. Denny Hamlin is the first um, is in first place in the technically if you want to look at it in the wild card spots in the uh, number eleven Toyota at twelve. Kevin Harvick is thirteenth in the number four Ford. Kurt Busch in the number one Chevy is fourteenth. Tyler Reddick in the number eight Chevy is fifteenth, and Austin Dillon rounds out the top sixteen in the number three Chevy. So let's get talking about those races. Let's do. It. <clears throat> so, as we mentioned, we had a race weekend doubleheader for NASCAR Cup Series as NASCAR's finest partook in a race on Saturday and Sunday. The, race, uh, the first race on Saturday, the po uh, Pocono Organic CBD 325 was won by Alex Bowman after teammate Kyle Larson led going into the final turn but blew out his left front tire. Larson, who was looking for his four straight points paying victory, would finish ninth in the race. The victory for Bowman was his third of the season. In the second race, the Explore Pocono Mountains 350, Kyle Larson in his backup car would finish second to Kyle Busch, who barely made it on fumes. Or Yeah, Kyle Busch, I thought I said something wrong. Uh, made it on fumes to the finish line. Busch also dealing with his race car being stuck in fourth gear and had no clutch. The win gave Busch his second uh, win of the season and became the fourth multi-race winner this year. So, helping out Denny Hamlin... Uh, by having multi, uh, still hanging on multi winners this year. Yep, holding on for dear life, poor Hamlin man. Tops point, well, tops points leader overall, but when it comes to the playoff seating, he is twelfth. <laughs> but Cooper, your thoughts on Kyle Larson's rough weekend? Oh man, yeah, dude, crazy. Uh, the fact that this this uh, race is called Pocono Organic CBD. <laughs> hmm. Yank Bush had a little more problems than just his car. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he won the second race of the Mountains 350. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because he's a uh, his a uh, big sponsor is a favorite of the uh, Stoners <laughs> snacks M and M's. There you go, right? So uh, yeah, so <laughs> that's made things a lot more interesting. I feel bad for Larson though, man. Being in the final turn. Just need to get through this turn and take the checker flag, and you won your fourth straight Cup Series victory. Yeah, and to have your tire blow out on you. Yeah, that's that's how it works, right? Like, ugh. yeah. I mean, I mean, at least he did good in his backup car, finishing second in the next race the next day, um, which you know helped out and his points overall. But that's just a heartbreaker when you see that happening to you like that. It's just like, oh. Why? <laughs> Definitely, man. <laughs> Especially when you could have got your fourth in a row. Um, the Kyle Busch victory in the second um, race on Sunday was um, the first race not won by a Hendrick car in six races, actually. Wow. Yeah, that, that's cool, too. Mm -hmm. So Hendrick's had a 
six race winning streak snapped. So, all right, man, we're gonna move from NASCAR to the ice ring. Talk some puck puck. Weird. Let's do it. All right. Asphalt to ice. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which you'd never want to see mixed together. Why not? <laughs> Come on. We feel sorry for Alaska. <laughs> and most of the north. <laughs> All right. The Montreal Canadiens managed to win game six at home over the Las Vegas Golden Knights 3-2 in overtime. The win propelled the Canadiens to the Stanley Cup Finals. For the Golden Knights, another opportunity to return to the Stanley Cup Finals and win was again distinguished too early. The Canadians had momentum on their side during the playoff run and were counted out very early. Most of the experts didn't believe any of the four Canadian playoff teams um, in, didn't believe in any of them, uh, but the Canadians, were, they were especially negative on. So, Cooper, your thoughts on the Montreal Canadiens making it to the Stanley Cup Finals. How could you be so negative? They're Canadians, bro. Hockey is their game. I know. I don't really know, bro. I mean, come on. Oh, these analysts anymore, dude. They just... No faith, brother. No well, faith. a lot of them didn't think because they were... None of the... the What was it? I think seven... There's seven Canadian teams that are all in Canada. They didn't really have the rigorous travel schedule. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of their other seven are very, relatively close together. Where even when you got these other divisions, the East, um, the Central, the and the oh, that might South, have, that might have been a, a still had uh, a lot of travel. That might have benefited them with these playoffs too, right? So. Um, and so it's going to be definitely interesting to see because now this is, but this is going to be where they travel the most now, as we know, as Montreal is quite opposite of Las Vegas, so they've had a lot of travel. Um, luckily for them, they're playing somebody who we're about to talk about in the Stanley Cup Finals. That's not going to be. As hectic traveling-wise. On the other side of the bracket, the New York Islanders would force a Game 7 with the with a 3-2 win in overtime against the Tampa Bay Lightning. However, the Lightning would return home for Game 7 and win a nail-biter 1-0 to advance to the Stanley Cup Finals. Oof. Yanni Gordy would uh, hit a shorthanded goal in the second period, and that would be enough for the Lightning to advance and look to repeat as Stanley Cup champs. Uh, sometimes that's how it goes, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, at least it wasn't, what, 8? Eight to nothing. Eight to nothing. Like we talked about last week. Yeah, that was insane. That was crazy. So yeah, that's pretty cool, dude. Um, you and I both said if it made it to Game Seven, we we, we thought they would win. So yeah, yes, sir, we did. Um, we kind of gave the Islanders a chance at home to push it to Game Seven, and we were and we got that. Um, I was a little disappointed in the Golden Knights, though, because I thought they were going to be able to force a Game 7 to go back to Vegas and have a yeah. chance to advance. But I did say, if if they can't do, if they don't show up in Montreal, that series was over. And yeah. I mean, they showed up, but just not when it mattered most, down, down late in the um, stretch of the game. So in the first game of the Stanley Cup Finals, the Tampa Bay Lightning would only give up one goal and score five to take an early 1-0 advantage on the Canadiens in the series. The Lightning does have home ice advantage this series, and it already showed with that dominating performance in Game 1. Game 2 of the series will be tomorrow as the Canadians look to even this series and try to swing momentum one more time in their favor as the series would continue in Montreal for Games 3 and 4. So, Cooper, your thoughts on the dominance of the Tampa Bay Lightning in Game 1. Yeah, man, we'll see what happens. It's pretty cool. Um, it's, al- it's always good because the finals... I mean, this is where people really play, dude. Mm-hmm. You get to see their talent. Oh, yeah. So, uh, 
Do not count the Canadians out at no. all. I definitely can because, like we said, a lot of the experts didn't believe in them. They didn't believe they'd advance out of the North. And not only that, but that, that puts a chip on their shoulder, dude. Yeah. They got something they're, to play They're the for. underdogs. So. They basically have a we-have-nothing-to-lose mentality. Yeah. And here we are. We're playing with house money, baby. Let's go. And uh, so the Lightning better be careful. Just because you dominated game one does not mean anything to the Canadians. They can come back and even easily tie that series up. And that if they tie that series up and go back to Montreal for the next oh, two yeah. games. You guys are in trouble. That's going to be an, this is a series that's going to probably be a long one. There's possibly a chance to go all seven. So the Lightning need to step on their throats a little bit and kind of end it, you know. Oh, yes. yes. By winning game two. Put the blade to the throat. No, just kidding. Wow, okay. <laughs> All right, man. So we're going to now talk a little football. And not that football. We're going to actually talk football. football. Baby. Football. College football, to be exact. Football or football? Football, baby. American football. America. America. <laughs> we're going to do American football. <laughs> All right, let's do it. So the college football playoff could be on the verge of expansion. It was recently recommended that the playoff be expanded from its current 14 playoff format to a 12 team playoff format. The committee recommends bypassing the incremental expansion to the inevitable 12 teams that, rather than a stepping stone, 8 teams. The recommendation also does not give guarantees to the Power 5 conferences and also gives hope to the Group of 5 conference champions. It would be automatic bids to the highest, 6 highest ranked conference champions and 6 at large bids. The top four conference champs would be given first-round bye weeks, while teams 5 through 8 would host teams seeded 9 through 12 in on-campus games. So before I go on my soapbox, Cooper, let's get your opinion. (laughs) This is very interesting, and this is good for smaller schools, dude. Mm -hmm. Um, And it doesn't give give the Power 5 that advantage anymore. So I like it. <clears throat> oh Lord, here we go. Soapbox time, guys. Getting on the soapbox. Strap us. in. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Alright, so. I like it. I do like it. But. I would prefer a. There's a big butt. Oh, there is a big butt. Besides mine. <laughs> <laughs> but. Two reasons I don't like it. One, 12 is a little too much for me. Eight would have been better to me. But that's a very small thing because I actually have two major points. Number one, everything is based off the college football playoff committee still ranking teams. So that means... I don't see how this is going to be fair for the power of uh, the group of five small conference schools. Let's say, just happenstance, all power five conference champions have at least one loss. Let's just say that. One of the group of five conference champions is undefeated. Do you honestly think they're going to be given a top four seed? I don't see that happening. We have yet to see that happen. In fact, we had this a few years ago with Central Florida who went undefeated and didn't make it into the top four of the playoff. And every team in that four, top four playoff had one loss at least. 
This is very true. I guess I'll give you that one. Thank you. My other concern is you have to win your conference as a group of five. You cannot get in any other way. You will not backdoor slide in at 12 because you're going to have six at-large bids, and I guarantee flipping T almost every year, half of those six, so basically three, will be given to an SEC school. Boy. You might be right with this one. I don't, I don't know. That's my problem. We'll be seeing <sighs> SEC school, so basically they'll take the and SEC they'll championship. They'll take the SEC, SEC schools, and they will make them dominate the littler schools and mm-hmm. and make them look like, like they always have. And basically, basically what that's going to do is you'll get the SEC champion, you'll get the SEC Conference championship loser. That'll be one of your at-large bids. You'll get probably um, say the team that should that lost the tiebreaker to one of the teams that was in the SEC championship game. Like what was it? This last year, Florida was in because they had the head-to-head matchup over Georgia. Yeah. So they so they got in. So that this year would be if we were at the twelve, Georgia would have got in. And then you still would have one more at large, and they probably would have taken Texas A&M over one of the group of five. And then that still leaves three, which more likely you're probably going to get another Big Ten team. You'll more likely get another ACC team. This also doesn't. This also includes too that one of those other three that's not SEC that I'm thinking is always probably almost always going to end up being. Notre Dame, if they go undefeated, will be accepted if they're not inside a conference by then. Um, and also, that give BYU a shot, but I don't think they're going to really care that much about BYU because BYU still runs independent. But even if BYU goes undefeated, they might not get enough love because they didn't play enough quality schools. Yeah. So, that's going to be... It's still kind of rigged. I get it. Yeah. That's going to be my problem with it. Whereas I'd rather see it where if we did eight, I know you people don't want to hear me say it, but I'd rather give the power five automatic burst and three at large, probably at least one of those going to a group of five champion, the highest ranked one. And then you could, if you have to freaking force me, force feed me two more SEC teams, I I can kind of deal with it because at least I got a power five. I got all the five champions and they're already in there. You know, I can kind of deal with that a little better because you take, you're taking more human element out of the decision-making. I don't like the fact that there's this much human control over the game of football Yeah, on where people are ranked and how they should be ranked and blah, 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 blah. Because look, I can understand you're going to have to use rank in my concept of the eight and you give it to the power conference. Well, you're going to have to rank them anyways to figure out who gets the number one seed. I mean, to me, honestly, that can also be determined. Did you go undefeated? Did anybody else go undefeated? No, you're number one then. Did you lose one game or more? I only lost one game. Did anybody else also lose one game? Did you happen to have a head-to-head that year? Blah, you know, blah, blah. 
tiebreakers. Let it be tiebreakers rather than real rankings. Use rankings as one of the tiebreakers if it gets to that point. Mm. Don't sit there and make it where humans have to determine it like, other than the players and oh, coaches. Yeah, they, they, they do favoritism. Oh, yeah. They'll favor, yeah. The, favor the crap out of the SEC. That's why I said those six at-large bids. Almost every year, I guarantee it wouldn't be surprising to see three SEC So, four SEC teams, one cha- the champion, and three runner-ups? Come on, man. You're going to kill me with that shit. Mm. I hate to use the S word on that, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> shit? Man, there you go. It's just... Uh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I don't know, man. I, I get it. It... It is crap. So, but we'll I don't also don't think. But I also don't think the f- current system of four is that much better. No. So where I would have, like I said, I'd rather see the eight and also use tiebreakers rather than rankings. If you want to use tiebreakers in the twelve, rather than rankings, I'd be okay with that. At least then, if you can prove to me beyond a shadow of a doubt that those three SEC teams you would have put in there anyways. Is that much better than the pe- group of five? Fine, whatever. I'm just saying I'd rather base it off record and merit what they did on the field than what you think is good. Yeah. I don't care what you think is good. Because a lot of you don't really know the game of football like you think you do. <laughs> and I don't care what they say. And then there's that. Because sometimes you get those years where Cinderella... Really can fuck shit up. We've seen it in March Madness all the time. Oh, yeah. And that's the beauty of it. Yes, you have a selection committee, but a lot of that's automatic bidding. A lot of that, they have to rank based off tiebreakers. What your strength of schedule was, this, that, and the other. Did you have happen to have a head-to-head with this team? Oh, you did. How did you do? Oh, did you lose? Oh, well, guess what? That team's going to be ranked higher than you. Sorry. A lot of the NCAA men's basketball tournament and women's basketball tournament is based off the merit of what the players did that season. And sometimes you get Cinderella who just comes in and nukes your bracket. (laughs) And it makes for fantastic watch. March Madness. It does. It makes it fantastic. That's what makes the madness of March so beautiful. Because even the bracketologists go, what the hell just happened? <laughs> there you go. Yep. And that's, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> UFC, man. We don't know. But they might have fucked shit up that year. <laughs> and it would have been fun to watch. Oh, yeah. We, But we will never know. And But now, we have an opportunity. But again. No, you said UFC. You mean I mean, it's UCF. Sorry. UCF. UFC will will fuck you up, too, just to give them a chance. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, Central Florida would have, could have, we never know that. We won't know. And that's the unfortunate thing. That's the crappy part about it, for sure. But like I said, at least they give conference champions of the group of five a chance. So that makes me relieved. You have a chance now, which helps... I still think that would actually start helping the smaller schools because you're going to see recruits who are close to those schools go, 
okay, well, maybe I won't mind being the big fish in the small pond because if I help build this team be really good, I will get the national recognition because we won a conference championship, we made the playoff, and we made some noise against some of the best competition in the country. And there's that, man. Yeah. Which, but, like I said, until you can't keep giving me four freaking SEC schools and driving me up a wall with that, because we all know it's pretty much always going to be Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, and possibly Florida, or who rotates out of the fourth group. That fourth yeah. one rotates sometimes. Florida, we've had down years here in Gainesville. We've had recent good years, and we're hoping Mullins keeps them good years rolling. Oh, yes. We're all hoping for that. We love it when this area's got gator fever, baby. It makes things so much better. Yes, as long as the Knowles are losing, we're, we're happy around here. And we can care less what Miami does. Unless they just get blown away, we're fine by that, too. <laughs> what happened? Hurricane something or another just decided Miami didn't need to exist anymore. Well, <laughs> oh, that's cool. I anyway. still want to go visit Miami. Uh, before it's blown off the map? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be fun when we do, too. We'll always have fun when we do stuff like that. Cuban coffee. You just want oh, Cuban. Yeah. That's what you just want. You just want to go have authentic Cuban coffee. Yep. Come on, man. Just go down to Colombia and get cocaine. Whoa, bro, whoa. Same difference. Whoa, bro, whoa. <laughs> Not the same. <laughs> He's changed. Not the same. He's changed. Not the same. <laughs> He's changed. Not the same. <laughs> well, this was fun. It was, wasn't it? Didn't I just change the whole aspect of this conversation? Very much so, bro. It was great, wasn't it? <laughs> All right, man. That will do it for us. Be sure to tune in Thursday for Worldwide Sports Talk. We got to talk about Serena Williams right off the bat with Wimbledon. That was. That was fun while it didn't last. And Naomi Osaka had pulled out. The defending Wimbledon champion also wasn't in the um, in Wimbledon, and Serena exited early. One of her chances to tie the made uh, Grand Slam marks and out already. I got more stuff to talk about Thursday too, but other than that, we got that's going to be probably our main bit, but. Probably golf. We probably got more boxing to talk about. I think. <laughs> Don't we get a good UF? Oh, we got to talk about the Conor McGregor fight coming up soon. I forgot about that. There we go. Yeah, thank you, Conor McGregor. It's always a good story with McConnor. Um, McConnor. Yeah, Conor McGregor. <laughs> McConnor. McConnor. He's now McConnor. <laughs> if we keep it up, he might be McGonner. Because <laughs> the way he's been fighting with Dana White. Anyways, um, of course, Saturday we're back with Wrestling Talk. We've had some interesting things happening already for Wrestling Talk. So oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's going to be quite interesting. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. 
Learn more at marines.com. Intriguing to say the least. And then, of course, we're back with uh, Sunday baseball basketball talk. Another great week of baseballs commencing right now. And, of course, the Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals are heating up. The Suns pissed me off last night. So, yep. That's gone to game six. I was hoping that was over. And the Hawks got bad news is they're not going to have Trey Young tonight in game four at home in Atlanta. So that series looking like it might be done too. <laughs> Yikes. It's going to be interesting. We'll, but we'll talk to you more about it on Sunday when we know the results for sure. Very much so. And then, of course, next Tuesday we'll have more hockey for you and NASCAR because the uh, series should be about done. The Stanley Cup final should be done. Well, actually, no. Take that back. Game two is t- tomorrow. Game three is Friday. Game four is actually Monday. So we actually that series won't be over until Monday if Tampa sweeps. So that series may or may not be over. So it depends on how tomorrow night goes. We'll be, be able to know for sure Tuesday if we're actually talking uh, Tampa Bay Lightning and Stanley Cup champs again or not. So. Um. Yeah, interesting, dude. Can't wait to. I know it's gonna be fun. Can't wait to get these podcasts going. I'm having fun with this. Right. It's good to be back on the roll with it. Yes, sir. And this is our last episode for the month of June. It's been a trying month, but we got through it. We pushed through. So, looking forward to next month being a fresh slate. Yes, next month fresh slate. We're gonna. It's a completely fresh. We're gonna we're gonna try and get every. Podcast we can in next month. Yep, and it's a completely fresh slate because it's the start of season five. Yes, baby, what's up? Looking forward to season five. <laughs> ooh yeah, ooh yeah, but uh, but sorry. <laughs> All right, so that'll do it for us here at Sports Talk. Is I make things awkward, and as always, keep, keep on, on talking sports. sports. Hey everyone, this is Big Man. This is Cooper. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, but be sure to check us out on our social medias. On Facebook at Cooper Big Man. Our Facebook page, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. On Twitter at Cooper underscore Big Man ST. On Instagram, also at Cooper Big underscore Big Man ST. At TikTok at Sports Talk dot Cooper dot Big Man. Or you can email us at Sports Talk with Cooper in Big Man. That's Sports Talk. W-I-T, Cooper, the letter N, big man, and that's at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we love you guys for checking us out. Be sure to catch us on our next episode.